Solomon's Key. You and Dana, the Wizard of Lyrac, must unlock Solomon's Scroll of Secrets to restore peace in the constellations. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, you know, when I say that at the, at the top, you notice I always say it the same way. But lately I've been thinking it's a chronological exploration of every... That part's fine, okay? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I say, and welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological, right? It's like, should I just roll off oh, the yeah. Nostalgia? Yeah, save some time. Like, yeah, and welcome to Nostalgia, chronological no. exploration. No, 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 no. Yeah, I heard I think, it. It doesn't work. I think every time there's... A- a word ends with a letter that the next word starts with. The whole podcast, just roll into it. Okay. I think, I think there's like an Adobe um, audition shortcut I can use to just yeah. detect yeah. that. Yeah, because uh, the listeners, case, they're busy. Yeah. In case the listeners don't know, this is not a mistake that I'm putting that in the episode. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Solomon's Key episode. Guys, Solomon's Key. Yeah, it's like so great. Uh, it's Tecmo. They're back. Uh, <laughs> still not Tecmo Super Bowl, but yeah, I yeah okay. still not Tecmo Super Bowl. But you might remember Tecmo from Mighty Bomb Jack. You remember Bomb Jack? Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you, Joe, you him? don't, right? I don't. Yeah, okay, you do. But not you'll play remember that. him. Nah, I will play it. And I Everybody will remember. must remember Mighty Bomb Jack. <laughs> it's the instructions on the back of the box. <laughs> oh, is that, is that the <laughs> yes, back of the box? Yes. Uh, this one uh, comes from Michitaka Surata. Um, he was the de- not the developer. I have that listed as developer. But he's like the designer of the game, essentially. <coughs> and um, this is his first NES game, but he's also known for Bomb Jack, not Mighty, Mighty Bomb, Bomb Jack. Jack. That's a different game. That's not where you remember him, him from. Bomb Jack, which apparently Bomb Jack is a uh, very popular uh, game in Italy. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, just like kids kids in Italy equated that to like, Bomb Jack is right up there with Super Mario Brothers. All right. Wow. I- question my heritage you haven't played bomb jack so <laughs> you only played mighty bomb jack keep that in mind that's true uh so this is solomon's key and um uh, maybe we could just go through our first impression since this one has like a little bit more to offer than our usual game joe i actually for some reason i don't know i don't really know why i was really really looking forward to this game like i i just loved the like i knew a tiny little bit about it about you just you have a very simple mechanic you you create and destroy blocks with your magic mm-hmm. and that that's and there's puzzles to it um and it, it, i did enjoy it i was having fun it's just i don't know i guess it just wasn't it didn't quite live up to like how unreasonably hyped i was for it right right <laughs> um sean what do you got I was also looking forward to it, um, just because it because I do like Tecmo, and I thought that this was going to be um, another one of those breakout puzzle hits. Um, and I, why did you say that like with power, but also like you whispered it? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I, that's a that's a one of the riddles. Oh, very good. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. I like the I like the mechanics used. Uh, there's a lot of uh, clever. There's a lot of lateral thinking in this game that I couldn't quite live up to in the amount of time that I played it. Um, I think that there's a lot to offer in all of these levels in this game, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was sort of it was missing something, or maybe there was too much of something. One of the one of the other. 
I think like you know the first couple levels are good tutorials, uh, just of like here's the things that can happen, and then immediately after that, I was like, oh wow, you can like this game can really unwind itself fast. Yeah. Like things just get out of hand. And <laughs> you put a block like in one wrong spot, next thing you know, you got a bunch of like those electric yeah. balls right. like it's following cascading. You hey, my first impression is that just like I need before I go any further in this game, I need to understand. Like, the block concept, because I was just using it to generate, like, you know, little ladders for me mm-hmm. to climb and stuff like that. Then I realized, like, no, you really have to, like, understand how these blocks work. You need to know, like, programming and what, like, an, an AND gate is and, like, stuff <laughs> like that. Like, it really does, like, there's a, there's a really steep curve when it comes to, like, level two and three and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so Saruta says, um, at this time, Load Runner was a huge success. Load Runner was an arcade game and I think got a port. Uh, not to the NES, though. Oh, no, it did get a port to the NES. It's coming up soon, actually. Oh, my. Um, and he goes, in this game, the principal action was to make blocks disappear. And I thought to myself, that's the that the opposite action could be interesting, making blocks appear. Uh, that was the original idea for Solomon's Key, he adds. I mean, it's it's a solid foundation. I mean, I know it sounds really mundane, but right. uh, it really does allow for um, a level of expression and like just. In- um, what if you could be Super Mario and add the blocks, the question blocks, wherever you want? Yeah, in the level, right. it adds right. a level of emergence because it's like a, this is a this is a systems based game, and it's not just like a an authored game. Right, and there is a, it does lend itself to a lot of possibilities of ways that like a puzzle like it's just one simple mechanic you just you just create a block in an area or you remove it but it, there's a lot that can be done based on like the layout of the rest of the level where i almost think that the time limit there not to get into the gameplay but the, the the time limit that it gives you is almost unnecessary i feel like this is the kind of game that really benefits from like stepping back and like taking a, a moment to think about it where the time almost puts like so much pressure on you that you're like, I'm just going to try things. Yes, but, uh, I, I, I totally agree. The time limit uh, is my biggest frustrator because it didn't give me any chance to experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And as someone who really wasn't understanding the full potential of the blocks, having like a time limit also tell me, like, hey, better make up your mind fast, hurt. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that this game was not quite like uh, Wrecking Crew, where I think that Wrecking Crew had like some potential, but like I don't feel like... It, it felt like they put a ton of thought into the individual puzzles where this like not all the puzzles, but a lot of the puzzles were like, oh, like there's a really clever way of doing this that you can't see right away. And then the, you got to think about it a special way. Like they definitely put a little more puzzle design into these. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Think, then. So I, I think before we get any further, uh, the plot was explained at the very top of the episode on the back of the box. And to be honest, I didn't even know that was the plot, but that's all we're going to get into when it comes to plot. But just in case you guys didn't know, the objective here, this is like an action p- puzzle platforming game is how I would describe it where you um, are not Solomon okay you're you, looking for his key right you are looking for uh, the key yeah yeah you're Dana and you're looking for Solomon's key so to open up the doors there's a door at a certain part in the level and there's a key and your main objective is just to create and di- make blocks disappear to to however you like throughout the stage in order to collect the key and get to the door However, that said, there are countless secrets in every single level. There's fairies to collect, 
bottles and rubies to pick up, different treasures. Uh, there's even zodiac signs and stuff like that for that you can try levels. to find for secret levels. It, it's really crazy how much is packed into each level. Um, but the main idea is to just get the key and get to the door. But even when you're saying like picking up these power ups and stuff, even just hearing that, I'm thinking just jumping, grabbing a power up. But like every move you make has like a consequence based on like what you're building and where you're putting it and what enemies you're letting out and trapping in and. If you want to get any of these power-ups, you have to think about how to get to those, too. Like, yeah, it's, I, it's pretty I think it's a beautifully done mechanic here because, in theory, being able to have a, the kind of power to make and also, you know, to create and disappear blocks, mm-hmm. to have that power, it, it very easy, like, in the wrong hands, can be a game-breaking mechanic that, like, you know, a, a person who isn't really good at designing puzzles could just get lazy and then like a good player can just easily take advantage of that. Yeah. That's not the case here in uh, Solomon's Key because I think a lot of the puzzles are intricately designed where your big power is actually used against you. Sometimes yeah. like putting blocks in the wrong places that you don't even think about as being the wrong places will will penalize you and will cause the level to be almost unwinnable. You'll yeah, have to die. Yeah, I think die. there are some instances that it's just like you can you can fail you can perm, perma fail. I think I yeah. think almost any level after those tutorial levels yeah. you can perma fail theoretically. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. I mean, like a part of me thinks that. Uh, like because there are enemies and they all have different behaviors that add another level to the puzzle whether they're the um the lightning balls that will just circle the entire perimeter of a room uh, or like or like a segment of a room or uh the 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 guys that charge yeah, yeah, those uh, those guys who like wind up their fist, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They have like one eye too. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see both eyes. I'm sure they have both eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all have these different behaviors because uh, they're just another like piece of the pu- puzzle. But like, I think that this game has too many moving pieces, <laughs> at least in the beginning. Um, I think if level forty through fifty are are this busy, um, then it makes sense, but. It's really hard for the player to learn when, okay, you've got easy level one, easy level two, medium level three, and then hard, 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 hard. See, I almost felt like the difficulty was inconsistent, where it'd be like, yeah, the third level's really hard, and the fourth level's really hard, and the fifth level's really easy, and then the next one's medium, and the next one's really hard again. Well, I was like, why are they not I th- yeah, scaling you're right. up? Like, I, th- I think you're right, because they. it's also not just the same kind of puzzle every time. Like, sometimes they're more abstract, or sometimes they're a little bit more direct, Um but it's it's exercising different parts of your logical realm, I guess, um, which I think is good with uh, like trying to think of d- things in different ways. Um, I also just think like you know some people could have a really easy time with a certain level, and some people can have a very hard time yeah. with that same exact level. Right. Just how you, how you go about yeah. thinking about the best approach, because I'll guarantee you. Uh, you know, just looking at some of the ways that I tackled some of the levels and then watching like a speed run of it, I was like, wow, I did a lot of unnecessary yeah. things. Yeah. And all I really had to do was like build these two blocks and remove that third right. block and it would have caused enough chaos right. for me to get through the stage. And I think for me, what made what made it kind of more challenging, I think I think in a good way to uh, to kind of like see what you have to do. It's like normally when I play a puzzle game, I feel like you see all the all the components and they're all right there, and you're like, okay, what do I do with this, and how do I get to connect with this, and whatever. But with this, I feel like you see a lot of 
a lot of the empty space. Like there's, there's all there's all this space between it, and like the blocks are so the blocks take up an amount of space that like that makes it so like even there's a lot of space between here it's like there's only these three little steps you have to do but like i'm not even connecting something on this side of the screen to that side of the screen in my brain but like those things are connected does, does that make sense it's no, not like yeah, yeah. and, and so in certain thinking, ways yeah. yeah it becomes like a chain reaction after a while where it's like you didn't see it at first but right. now you're like oh i i screwed up yeah <laughs> right yeah and it's just yeah just the fact that like everything's so everything's kind of spaced out makes it like harder to like see them see the whole If I had to ask you guys, do you think that Dana is too powerful or too weak? I think I think it's appropriately powered, um, perfectly balanced. As all th- no, I'm not doing. That. <laughs> I think I think it's pretty well balanced. I okay. I think that he has, like I said, he has the one thing that he can do, and that's your puzzle. Maybe there are a few times where it's like there's uh, all the enemies react to the blocks differently. And there's like the one enemy that just breaks the block and just keeps moving yeah and there's a been like there was like one level that you just start out one of those right in front of you i'm like how am i supposed to get around this <laughs> like because some sometimes the block will make an enemy turn around and some so like things like that maybe i wish he had like a a shield or something but but we did what we haven't talked about is that he does you can collect a power up that shoots fire around the edges of the puzzle meaning around your blocks and everything yeah yeah so it uh you can re- you can plan where that fire will go based on the layout of the level too. But, okay, so this is something that I, I never got cleared up for me. Once that fire hits an enemy, that's the end of the fireball's path. Correct? No. Well, I think I, there, there are two versions yeah. of it. There's one that is just a, a single attack, and then there's one that the, that Joe is talking about um, that it will just be a chain. And it will oh go the, the yeah the super space. fireball right. yeah. okay yeah yeah but like there it's a different potion is how you yeah it's like one, a it, the the icon is like a larger flame yeah. right. it's like a tall flame yes okay because that would have been helpful on uh, that early level that's just a like a giant Z with the ghosts yes going back mm-hmm. and forth you could just use that super fireball to clear them all yeah. out and then just walk through it otherwise you have to wait for them to wind up in an appropriate spot. Wish a block behind you, so this way they have to at least defeat that block, and then you can run down to the next level and keep doing that. Yeah, so there are, there are multiple ways to finish these levels, but yeah, there are definitely optimal paths. Yes, there's optimal paths, but also seemingly unlimited ways to uh, solve it. Like, I don't think anybody, any two people other than the optimal path would solve it the same exact way. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and so I think that it'd be really interesting to watch some good players who aren't thinking about the optimal path. They're just good players. I think it'd be interesting to watch them side by side yeah. and just see how they tackle the situations. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish that with the optimal path, though, that not to not to harp on the uh, the time limit thing, but I wish that maybe you were penalized every time you made a, a move, every time you make a block, you're penalized rather than your time going down. So you think there should be a limit on how many blocks? You not can make? not even a limit, but you have. You have your time is your time is constant. Your life is constantly dwindling throughout the game yeah. or throughout the level. And at the end of the level, however much life you have left, that becomes your points. So that's the that's your time limit. 
I do think it would be interesting, though, um, uh, when you talk about like a limited amount of blocks, it would be interesting to, for there to be a par. Yeah, yeah, that right. would actually something be like cool. that. Something like instead of using how long it takes you to get how few moves, you, so it's like this is how close you got to the optimal. Yeah, path. right. Well, they right. Do but then have you can still take time to think about it. One of the um, one of the features of the game is once you get a game over, you're, you're given like a number that out of context means nothing. Oh, the GDV you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, do you have things to say about the, that? Well, yeah, we could talk about that. I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Um, the GDV is essentially just like the different, you know, an objective way of looking at you versus the best possible score based on your game over and that you know it's based on a lot of different things but mostly collecting of the fairies because that's also part of you know their optimal way of playing the game not mm-hmm. the speed running way but like the optimal way to score the most points so it doesn't just look at your high score and say oh you scored this much so you scored your most ever you're on the high score it looks at how you actually played like as as Dana yeah you know like how you actually performed and gives you a score based on that I'd like to see that in more games, to be honest. Yeah. Like a like a score based on performance, well, rather um, than just like you know, hey, you were really good at defeating enemies and hitting blocks. Yeah. Like there are games, um, more specifically for the PC, and more recently um, that I've never really gotten into. They're the mo- way more uh, open form games, like Factorio. Um and I guess even like I think Polybridge okay like they have oh we've seen Polybridge it looks cool yeah so they have these like histograms that you need this to be online um for that for it to work this way so obviously it wasn't an option back then but it it puts you into percentiles for how ac- or, or how efficient you were or how good you were with uh, your resources and i think this is like the precursor to that like kind of scoring of that like relativistic like this is how good you could have been sort of thing and i think it's more it's a more definitive way than a high score you know yeah. like, than like a really large number this is a more definitive way to kind of like track your progress and see if you like played better than the previous time because i think like when you get such a large number like 138,000 yeah. you're like what does that nothing. mean to me yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know whereas like the GDV will actually tell you like hey you you're doing better than your previous time because your score is two points higher mm-hmm. you know like oh that's digestible exactly take that. i'd like to see that in more games for sure to go back to the time limit thing though joe i don't think we're harping on that because i do think if i'm thinking about the things that took me out of the game the most it was that the later puzzles as they got harder and harder i just did not have enough time to solve them and i keep if i'm being honest this is one of those games where i wasn't that great at it but i kept booting it up because i wanted to enjoy it and the, the time limit kept harpening that it kept saying like no you're, you're right. not going to be able to have a good time here because you're not going to have enough time to figure it out regardless right. well here's or, here, uh, a, a quick thing about time limit i i have a problem with it too but not not the time limit. The thing I don't like about uh, how this game is structured is, and I know that there is like a cheat sort of, there's like a, a, in, a built-in cheat code so that it doesn't do this, but the fact that you only have lives and then you go back to square one, um, I think this is a game that should just respawn you at the beginning of the the, the, of the puzzle because otherwise, so you're, you're trying to use your... Uh, your problem-solving skills to 
to to fix this one this one problem this one puzzle and now you're kicked back to level one you got to do all this stuff you probably memorized already right. you don't get a continue i think you get i actually don't know i thought you get a continue but your gdv resets is that is that the case? I th- I thought that was the case. I don't remember to be honest. Okay. Because whenever I lost my lives, I went back to one. Okay. Maybe it's after a yeah, certain maybe point. Yeah, maybe I think I did two, but uh, Okay. I can't remember. It might be after a certain point, but um Well, my point though is that like I think that you should be able to keep attempting the the level you're on because that's what you should be focused yeah, on. I completely like, that's agree. the this, problem that's, you're that's trying to solve. That's the kind of game this is. Like, yeah, you're, 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 you don't care about playing. Well, this I think level that's again. Like you, yeah. already beat, you already know the answer, or I mean, you could play it and find a better way. But yeah, that's a problem because I think the game, as much as you know, we described it as an action puzzle platformer. I think that the game doesn't know whether it wants to be a puzzle game or an action right. game, and I think that that's the weird thing about sending you back to level one makes it treat it more like a puzzle, more like an action game, yeah. where it's like anything can happen each time, and it's up to you to you know use your skills and stuff. But I think it's more about a puzzle game, yeah. where it's like, okay, but I've solved that puzzle. I'm not going to solve it differently now that I know how to solve it. So you're basically just asking me to do these tasks again. Yeah, I so think I agree with that problem. It's definitely, I think it leans, it knows it's a puzzle game. But it has all these weird holdovers from action games. Like it has, like who needs lives in a puzzle game? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I, I think it even would have been, you know, would have been fine if, like, yeah, if you weren't losing your lives for these things. If it was like you, your t- your time limit runs out, fine. You can keep, you could still solve the puzzle and move on. You just won't get those extra points from the leftover time. Yeah, right. Like so, like yeah, you could play and try and beat the time limit if that's what you want. So there's 64 levels, 15 are secret, and one is the final level. Did anybody find any secret levels? I know of one, but okay. I didn't find That's it. all that matters. Okay, so you know of one. Did you go in it? Did you see it? Um, I had to, this was when I was watching people play, um, just to get more out of it. Yeah. Um, but if there is, one of the first levels, there is just the Zodiac sign for, I think, um... The twins. I don't remember which ones the twins are. Yeah, I, I don't know Zodiac signs yeah. at all, so I'm not the person to ask <laughs> here. But yeah, there is a, basically, you know, there's a Zodiac sign for each, like, every four levels. Yeah. There's, there's one Zodiac sign attributed to it. So when you, uh, it just looks like a square. It looks like just a part of the background of the level. But if you go up to that square, you can collect that piece. And then when you finish the level, you don't go to the next level. You go to that Zodiac room. Right. And um it's a it's a little differently um designed like it's mostly breakable and creatable blocks. Okay. This one um so I guess it's a bit more freeform it's more of like a like a, a room full of coins in Mario where mm-hmm. there's a lot more uh, uh rewards than there are um obstacles. Joe, did you know about this? I didn't rooms? know about it until just now. Yeah, there it, this is considered just for the record guys, this is considered a very hard NES game. Uh yeah. like it's up there, you know, it doesn't have that legendary ghost and goblin status. <laughs> but it's just cuz less people would choose to play a game like this, but it's very hard and you know, there there's like multiple endings kind of based on like how well you perform if you get all the way to the end and it's like to get to the end is one feat but then to find out that like oh i didn't collect all the fairies and oh i didn't get to the final you know to the seek to all the secret levels it's like just even finding that stuff is crazy there there are things in this game where you will have to spawn a block in a specific yeah. place 
unspawn it just to get like a, a you know an item that yeah, you couldn't it, find it's elsewhere. It's so strange that like in in empty space I was watching when it, it wasn't a speedrunner but it was somebody that was good at this game just knowing where all of these like phantom blocks were. Yeah. But here's my question. Do you guys think that that is a problem in this game? Like the fact that there's like all of this secret stuff that you might never find is that a problem? Uh, that kind of reminds me of like a like a hidden block in Mario. Where granted, Mario is usually designed where you probably will accidentally bump your head on the hidden block, mm-hmm. but but really, there's no like you kind of get the feeling like oh. I, I just happened to jump into that block and that, and it's there. And it I wouldn't have known natural. it was there. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I do think as long as it's never like necessary, I think it'd be really cool to be like, oh, I put a block there and I destroyed it, and there's like a hidden item under it. I'm like, oh, yeah. cool, that was a secret. In these, like, in the, in what I was looking at though, uh, you, this isn't. You have to have intent, like it. They're sort of out of the way. It's not, yeah, it's not something you would do. That's my only argument against what Joe said. Uh, but you know, you just didn't know. Well, yeah, is right. that like it's it's not done with intent here? Uh, it's it's. Well, any, no, you have to have intent for it. Oh, to sorry. Work. I, mean, I guess what I meant it was is that it, it doesn't. Yeah. It wasn't designed in a way that it's like people will find this. It yeah. was meant to be hidden, and I feel both ways about it. So I think it's kind of dumb that it's not intuitive. But at the same time, if you if this is the game that you you own and you can like explore every nook and cranny of it it is kind of cool that there are these like you know items that you might never find just just to give an idea like the guy who made the game facts uh faq for this uh he wrote it and then like he came back like eight years later and was like hey guys i was just checking out the game the other day and i noticed like these other things so i added some huh. extra things that wow. i just found and it's yeah. like wow you just found new stuff <laughs> for your guide well, I almost see. I almost wish then, if there was a secret block up in the corner of one level, you know, you could it, there would be some indicator, just like there's, a platform yeah, there's no or something, indicator. where you could, you know, I've beaten a level. I figured out a few different ways to do it, but like, why is that? I, I feel like I can get up to that spot. Why? Why can I? I wonder if there's something up there that you can go up and, and explore around up there or something. You bring up a good but, point, though. Did you ever feel like the game was nudging you to do a certain thing, like? Oh, or do definitely. you think that it presents the puzzle and says, you figure it out? I, I think that th- there are certain uh, signifiers of what you should do. I think enemy placement uh, is one of the biggest ones. Um, if you see some of those lightning guys just circling around one block, you might be uh, asked to move them somewhere else. Right. Or, or there are those things that fall out of like the weirdly shaped holes in the wall that oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fall straight and then down. You sh- maybe you yeah. should uh, make it so that they fall into a pit instead right. of going down a but, ramp. But also, yeah, I'll see them falling, and they're not they're not dangerous to me because they're like they're hitting a platform that's blocking them. But then I realize, like, oh, the game, the I need to open that platform and let them out in order to get what I need. Like, yeah. you know, what I mean, like, oh, they wouldn't put something dangerous up there unless I needed to get up there. Right, right. I, I think, you know. I'm just going to sound like a broken record here, but since we're talking about the secrets and the different ways that the game nudges you, it just, again, it feels very strange that we have a time limit. Like, yeah, how I am I ever going to be able to get a chance? I was even just thinking about it as I was saying, like, oh, you get, you know, if this is the only game you own and you want to explore every nook and cranny, it's like you don't get time to explore yeah. every nook and cranny. Right. And, which there, and there are a lot of cool, you know, if you had more time, there are a lot of cool alternate ways to approach things like there was like sometimes there's with those electrical guys that like they they zoom along the perimeter of walls and of blocks and everything there are sometimes ways that you can like box them closer and closer into each other without 
ever letting them on the other like from the other side of the wall the way you the way you keep creating and destroying blocks you make sure they can never touch you and yeah. you just box them into a tiny little box and like make them it's like really it was kind of cool when i discovered that it, it reminded like, me of that game um it was on the like windows 95 where you were the cat or you were the mouse and you had to put the cats oh, in the yeah, corners yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. and get the cheese yeah sorry all those windows 95 games nostalgia trip um, <laughs> but uh but yeah just i feel like i found that one and i feel like there were probably tons of other like little tricks and secrets and just cool ways of doing things that I, you know that i would like to explore but i never felt like i had time to try and experiment with that stuff cuz just like no got to get to the key okay should levels be unwinnable? Should you should you fall into a point where you can no longer win the level? And like, like I, is that I, is that good game design? I think for you? if the, if you can fall into that point, the game should the level should end. You should have a t- uh, oops, you're done. But I didn't kind notice, of like a like a suicide of your yeah, character. I, I'm imagining the Mario like did it it and he falls. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but I don't think I ran into a situation where I boxed myself completely out of the level. I don't like think there's always something I can ever, undo. I don't think a level is ever unwinnable, but I think you certainly can get to a point where you've you've just unleashed too much on you, and you'll just be in a constant state of trying to jump over right. obstacles. Like you'll be just yeah. playing jump rope with right. the. I enemies. guess at that like if I would get to that point, I would just end up getting killed. So That's what I'm saying. Feel like I got no, trapped. Like, it felt like I. Died. I do think like, that there are actually ways that you can you can break the level, uh, and and that you just have to wait out the timer. Um, I don't think that that is a knock against the game. I think that um, you have failed this puzzle, and maybe it's a uh, maybe it's a little cruel to make you wait it out. <laughs> right. but, well, you could jump down to your death. Or you could do that, <laughs> assuming um, it's one of those levels. Yeah. Not all of them have pits. No, no. <laughs> um, but I, I think it the. Because there are even modern games that you can, like, fail just because you did something wrong. Sure. Um, but usually I would imagine they would then tell you and not make you just sit there and not know if you failed or not. You know what I mean? I, right. I'm failing I'm failing to come up with one right now, but I do know that they exist. Yeah. And you just have to, like, press R to restart right. or something like that. But there are uh, – if there was a way for you to just restart, it, that would work because it's a lives-based game. Right. Then it would be a, lot, a, a much easier pill to swallow. How do we feel about using guides with puzzle games specifically? I I don't know. Personally, I think that the guide should be like, this is how you do this, and this is how you do not how how you solve the puzzle. These are your tools. This is how you use them. Things like that. But I, I mean, I guess yeah, it's yeah, really not much I, of a no, guide. That's a good point. But, but I'm specifically here talking about like a guide that tells you how to solve the puzzle. How no. do you feel about using that? <laughs> See, I'm I'm kind of. Uh, I don't really like strategy guides to begin with unless they are more for like in creative games of like here are some ideas that you can use to uh, optimize your like your your, yeah, your like city tips in, and tricks instead yeah tips of, and tricks yeah. I like tips and tri- tips and tricks I don't like like walk walk me take my hand and walk me through this game I I don't mind that in certain in certain types of games. Puzzle games, it's a big no for me yeah, because that's cheating. because it's, that's the game. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you've essentially like lost out. You're you're not playing this game to 
to have the accomplishment of putting the inputs in yourself. Yeah. The accomplishment is solving the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's like so, you're playing the New York Times uh, crossword from yesterday with today's paper. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. It, but just something that you reference when you get Cross- stuck. You yeah. know, it's <laughs> like you're like, oh, I'm just you know, I'm just gonna check this one word. It's like yep. sooner or later, then you wind up checking the whole thing anyway, yep. and then it just doesn't become fun in the first place because you never earned it. You know, I think like it's okay to use it in like. You know, let's just say a Legend of Zelda style game, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm really stuck right yeah, now. I'm lost. But I just, or, yeah, yeah, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah. that makes more sense. But you can't use it, you know, to the same point. You can't use it in the Legend of Zelda during the middle of a dungeon because that's a puzzle that right. you have to solve. It's like, and, you, and personally, I'm always like, I like to use it, use that kind of thing as a last resort, even if it's like, you know, I was playing, uh, what is it? Uh, Dishonored 2 okay. and I was stuck and I, I did not want to look up where to go because the part of the fun is exploring but I yeah. was stuck forever so finally I was like okay where do I and it was just something I totally missed but like usually I, I kind of don't like doing that because like the idea is like I'm trying to immerse myself like I'm this guy I'm lost I need to find my way out like, <laughs> totally yeah so like I don't like to use guides and in I can see that, that being kind of a thing. thing in Solomon's Key as well where it's like you know I've been stuck on this particular level for a very long time and I just want to like I'm not going to use the guide for the the very next level but i'm done with this one i do think that there is like a, yeah. a statute of limitations it's still i mean like th- that is like if you do translate it to like a like a junkie saying like i see this one last fix like you might you'll probably get addicted to the to the strategy guide well, that's but, why i say strategy guides not even once for yeah, puzzle games exactly. uh, i yeah. did not use a strategy guide for this one and that did limit how far i was able to get into the game but i definitely didn't think i was going to get anything more out of the game by looking up a strategy guide and being like oh yeah that's how yeah. Yeah. Do it, like there, know? there's a, a part of me that I had to like work myself out of. I had to start embracing the mistake in these kinds of games. But and this is sort of a tangent. But in um, like story based games or decision based games, and I know that like the ending of a lot of games doesn't change too much by your decisions. But like in games that you interact with your party, I'll be like they'll show me in like mass effect like um you can say this that or the other thing and i'm like well i don't want to say the wrong thing so i'm like what's what happens if i say this and i did that for a while and i it was ruining games for me and i think especially those story building games because now you're just sure you're getting the optimal story where like the best storyline possible but it's like but it's not your story no no now it's just like it's the the best thing ever yeah, but it's not. It's yeah. not my story. I, I At got that, that point, way you're with, watching a movie. Yeah. yeah, I got that way. Not to, not to go on a total. No, tangent, it's I okay. This, this is a good discussion with, uh, with Skyrim because Skyrim, it's like, you know, it's role playing. And like, I want to play as this character, and he does this, this, and this, but but he has all these powers and whatever. And I was always trying to get those. Like, I need to get these powers to play this character. But I'm like, no. The whole point is like. His journey, like how, like yeah. I gotta get there in a way where I don't know what's coming, or else, or else it's no fun. I'm sure it's... all of our viewers can relate Solomon's key to Skyrim. Right, absolutely, <laughs> like, absolutely. Uh, okay. We got there. One last question for you guys: Is this a puzzle game or an action game? It's a puzzle game. It sh- yeah, it with, should be a puzzle game. It's with, a puzzle with game action with, elements, with action yeah. problems. Yes, action problems. <laughs> I like that even better. Okay, uh, to go back to the guide thing real fast, um, Saruta actually um, was was in a guide-like situation. He describes this after the game went on sale. Soon after Solomon's Key went on sale, a primary school teacher came and asked us questions so they could finish the game. He wanted to show the ending of the game to his class for fun on the last day of school, but there was a level that posed them a lot of problems, and hence they wanted us to give them the solution. 
I was happy we could show him. So, <laughs> in a way, he even helped his, like, gamers cheat his own game. He was like, you know what? Yeah, it's fine. I'll show you how to finish the game. I love these stories of, like, before these companies got so big that they didn't have hearts. Like, yeah, just interacting have, with like, people. Just, like, yeah. Random people. A child like, bought. A child who bought the Gradius <laughs> series. And then, like, this this teacher who's like, yeah, I want to show my kids the ending. And he's like, okay, here's the answer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now you have to call into, no, well, not now, but, like, eventually you'd have to call into Toys R Us for your answer you know yeah. like you couldn't get a hold of shigeru miyamoto i'd be like miyamoto what do i do i don't have the the sword he's like did you go in the cave That's Solomon's key for me. Any stray thoughts, guys? Uh, maybe something we, we should have talked about in general. It has that thing where where you jump with the up. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, this one didn't bother me, though. It, it, I don't think it, it was too bothersome because you don't need to like do quick jumping Mario jumping. But st- I still noticed it. I was still – I don't know what the solution would have been. You kind of need the A and the yeah. B button otherwise. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that it's like the NES controller, you're not going to get better than that if you need A and B for something else. I think it was here's, – here's the interesting thing because it's that control scheme across the board. Now, you guys know me. Lately, I've been getting kind of crazy, and I have to try the games on every system that they came out on. <laughs> So I tried Solomon's Key on the NES, the Commodore 64, the arcade, and uh, the unreleased, uh, but I think it came out in Japan, uh, the Sega Master System uh, version of the game. The only time that the up to jump bothered me was in the Sega Master System version of the game, and it was because it was just like so stiff that it wasn't working. In the NES version, I actually didn't have a problem jumping and moving, like, you know, in a diagonal sort of way, like an arch. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with that using the NES version. It was only the Master System version of the game that I found that problem. For me, it was there were a few times where you had to jump over an enemy. That was my only way around some enemies. And that kind of got a little janky sometimes when I was trying to get up arrow and the forward arrow. I mean, I'm a person that uses up in Smash Brothers, so. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I can live with the up button. Uh, and then last thing, uh, since we're talking about all the different versions, I will mention that this is a great port on the NES here. Um, the arcade version doesn't really control that much different. And uh, outside of like the graphical yeah. polish of it, it's pretty much the same game with uh, the levels switched around a little bit. The order isn't the same even from the very beginning. I thought that that was interesting. That, huh. Like You're not given the same kind of tutorials in the same order at least. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think with that, we will take it into the Essential Games List. Guys, we're talking about 2018 now. How does this game hold up in 2018? I don't care about 1987 anymore. Is this still 2018? I can't remember. Uh, Yeah, it's a good question, actually. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> it should be 2019 by now. 
That's a great question. <laughs> We've been in this recording room for a long time. We've been recording since 10 Yard Fight. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> since 10 Yard Fight, we've been going. Um, I'm having an existential dread right now, not knowing what year I'm living in. But, um, Mike, save me if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, so it's 2018, 2019, 2023 when Pat's listening to this. Um, <laughs> just hope that that happens. You, Pat. I think you said yeah. Pat last episode. Yeah, too. yeah. You the like odds Pat. would be incredible that Pat listens to both. Both episodes, and those, these are his first two episodes. Assuming he wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't quit. Pat, we mention you on every one. episode. <laughs> anyway, so it's this year, and uh, you've got to decide if this game's still relevant and still worth playing today. More importantly, is it still essential, Sean? Um, I I allowed this game for a lot of uh, like just the amount of like just the the great puzzle design this has great puzzle design but it also has an identity crisis and i think there are a lot of elements of this game that just don't quite fit with the intention with the intended experience that you as a player are supposed to have um you don't have enough time to really experiment with these levels while they they beckon for experimentation um i think sometimes it gets a little too crowded in those in, in those stages. Um, I think if you like puzzle games, you should play this game. That is not on my essential games list. All right, there you have it, Joe. So, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat all the things Sean just said because I, I agree with all the things that that he said were wrong with it. it. Was wrong with it, and I think that's a real shame because I really I really think there's a lot of thought put into these puzzles, and I think that they're. I mean, I, obviously I didn't play a ton of these puzzles. I mean, what you said there's sixty some. There are sixty four total. Yeah. So I, I think there could probably be some really cool puzzles in this, but but all those negative things, particularly the time limit and the action elements that don't quite work, kind of work against it and kind of like work against what you want out of a puzzle game so i think that's what what holds it back for me but i would i would still give it a play i still think it's a lot of fun um if you can do it within the time limits that's even better i mean you probably you know it's definitely more of a challenge but uh I, and i didn't mention this on the on the rest of the episode Go but i also it. think it would have been great to have a uh uh, creation Save? mode. Oh, creation. Crea- mode. Or what, yeah. what, do you, what do you call that? What we yeah, call like, that? like the, well, level you know, builder. The uh, yeah, it was a programming um, series. Yes, there was. <laughs> right. It was the programming yeah. series. Right. Um, design mode. That's design mode. Yeah, yeah. Why couldn't I think of that? Um, but yeah, I think that would like this is the kind of game that like you could make some really cool puzzles and and, and you can't just throw stuff down. You have to really think about it. But not essential. I would never want to play anybody else's levels i only want to like like just thinking about it i would only want to play michitaka's levels well it's because... like it's sorry but it, i mean it's like mario maker right no like, i know like, I like know. most of the levels that come out of mario maker are so, terrible right right but like if you really want it's more about making the level that's fun no i know i know and i think that's just me knowing that i couldn't make a good level with this like i wouldn't want to play my levels or anyone that like you know the nes didn't have online i wasn't gonna get the right, like right. access someone's cool yeah. levels yeah you, that would have just been like another feature i would have been like oh rats um <laughs> here, here's the thing for me with solomon's key there it's such a unique game it, it's such a cool puzzle like a twist on the puzzle genre too but i for me personally like i couldn't get enough enjoyment out of this game because of all of the setbacks the the time limit for one but also just like sometimes you're too powerful most of the time you're too weak in my opinion i just 
I don't know. I kept booting this up, hoping to have a better experience each time, but it would fall flat for me pretty fast each time I booted up. So I will say that this is one of my, like, you know, most attempted games. Uh, I attempted it a lot over, like, a superlative. Right. Uh, I attempted it a lot over, like, a two-week period, but I can't say that I'll be going back to it now that we're done with this episode. I don't think this will be a game I'll be hitting up again. So I kind of even toss up on the play it, but I do think if you're, like, a fan of puzzle games in general, this one does something that we haven't really seen um, yeah. iterated a lot. So give it a shot. That's uh, that's my recommendation. Uh and if you're really a fan of Solomon's Key, you probably know, but just in case you didn't, a sequel was released in 1993 for the NES, and we will huh. be doing it on Nostalgia, of course. Uh, in the in U.S., it was years. yeah. In the U.S., it was called Fire and Ice, and it is one of the rarest and uh, most expensive NES games. Oh my. Uh, so that'll be a fun purchase, uh, but but otherwise <laughs> that'll be a really fun purchase, especially for the people who play along. Uh, I hope you really like. You might want to get started on that now. Yeah, you might. Yeah, start saving. Start a five two nine plan for that right now. And um, otherwise, it was called Solomon's Key Two outside of America, but they didn't huh. want to call it Solomon's Key. Maybe this game didn't sell well. Who knows? Um, also have to throw out that um, Michitaka has a lot of fun drawings uh, that he did for the game, and I I didn't really want to like talk about them, but I will definitely post them up on the show notes. They're definitely worth checking out. He's a very vocal guy who loves to talk about the things that he's doing, and he is kind of regarded as like one of those early great game designers for both Bomb Jack and this and then a bunch of other puzzle games later um, down the road. So I, I definitely think, like, you know, we'll probably run into him again, and I would check out the rest of his stuff if you were jamming on Solomon's Key and Fire and Ice back in the day. It's definitely worth to see what he continued to make after that. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. You can contact us at contact at NostalgiaCast.com. NostalgiaCast.com is the website. At NostalgiaCast is our Twitter handle. And um, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. And I'll talk to you soon. 